0: Well, hello. Penn State adds another commit to the recruiting class of 2023. You are locked on Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am your host, Zach Seiko. In today's show, yes, we are going to address the latest commit to the class of 2023 for Penn State football and begin things with Penn State and Michigan. It is a big noon kickoff, what that means for Penn State. And since there is no weekly press conference this week for James Franklin, go back to his postgame presser where he addressed the media after the 17-7 win over Northwestern, and finish things up with Penn State wrestling, the best sport in Happy Valley. And yes, that is the case. When you have as many national championships as Kale Sanderson does, uh, Penn State football's got a long way to go. Finally, the wrestling schedule has been released, some notable matchups, and what the Nittany Lions will be up to, and some big-name wrestlers you should expect to be on the podium for the upcoming season. Penn State and Michigan was announced as a noon kickoff, and it will be televised on Fox. Big noon kick with Gus Johnson and Joel Clatton. I will say this, Gus Johnson and Joel Clatton are probably my favorite college football TV broadcast duo. Yeah, that beats Chris Fowler and Kirk Herbstreet. I, I really, I like them both both broadcast duos, but the way Gus Johnson paints a picture and you have the TV in front of it, he's just able to narrate. He doesn't call a game. He narrates a story. And I think I heard Gus Johnson calling a Philadelphia 76ers game on NBA TV. It was when they were in the opening round of this past playoff and it was against the Toronto Raptors. And I said, gosh, I didn't know Gus Johnson called basketball. And it was as graceful as you could have imagined He's the same way when it comes to football. I like that he is the main Fox game. Like, this is the prime time for Fox. Fox wants to own that noon window, and they do. That's why they picked Penn State and Michigan. Joel Klatt, excellent commentator, color commentator. Klatt actually predicted Maryland to upset Michigan. And it was that close. Maryland only lost by seven. They led late in the game. Michigan, I think, was bailed out by the fact that they were at home. Joel Klatt thinks that Michigan is a team that can be exposed. They hinted at it throughout. Uh, Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt were dropping some hints that Penn State and Michigan would be the big noon kick on Fox It's getting down to crunch time. Penn State's going to have its first top 10 matchup of the season. Auburn and Purdue were, of course, very serious games and Power 5 road wins, but this is probably your most important game. I would even say above Ohio State, because if you can get a third Power 5 road win like this and upset one of last year's college football playoff teams, this game is a big deal. And I know that Ohio State slightly ranked a little higher than Michigan, but just it being on the road, if you can go into the big house, a place that you have struggled, you won in the COVID 2020 season, but that doesn't really matter. And Michigan came into Beaver Stadium last year and beat you. You now get the chance to return the favor. Of course, when that week leading up next week to it, there will be plenty of previews and scouting we will do, of course, a Penn State Michigan crossover and talk about all of that. But Penn State and Michigan have met 25 times all since Penn State joined the Big Ten in 1993. And Michigan does hold the upper hand in the all time series, winning 15 games to 10 with an 8-4 advantage in Michigan's stadium. It is a maze out. This is Penn State's third color out game. Purdue, Auburn. How original. When Penn State comes in and they have the iconic whiteout, now they got to try to match it with the Purdue blackout and the orange out at Auburn. Now the maze out at Michigan. It's just so lazy, guys. But if Penn State can go in and and knock off three color out atmospheres, I'm all for it. More power to them. James Franklin never sleeps when it comes to recruiting. He was out visiting high school prospects. Saw him in his little helicopter flying around just last Friday before a home game against Northwestern. He was going to visit guys that were not only committed, but guys that were on the radar for that class. I think there was one for a specific example at Malvern Prep, Peter Jones, an offensive tackle. Uh, He is committed to Notre Dame, but James Franklin just saying, hey, we're still thinking about you, we care about you, and we want you in blue and white at the end of the day. Maybe he flips, maybe not, but James Franklin's still a humble guy. He's really down to earth. The fact that he keeps relationships with those guys, even if they end up somewhere else, I know what James Franklin wants. He wants a commitment out of the kid. And maybe if he can do this to flip him, but other coaches just back off. They say, you know what? He's committed. We're not going to be nice. We're not going to visit him. We're not going to fly and be personal and, and, and talk to him and his family. That's just the type of recruiter that James Franklin is. But Penn State received a verbal commitment from Anthony Robinson. He is now committed to the class of 2023 and is expected to sign with them. Nicknamed A-Rob, but he is not a wide receiver. He is, in fact, a defensive back. And he chose Penn State over the likes of Ole Miss, Kansas, FAU. You can also throw BYU, Indiana, Jackson State, and Marshall in there. And significantly from those four, because they offered him a scholarship, Penn State is bringing him in as a walk-on. So he's opting to go away from a paid-for education to play at Penn State. Now, if that doesn't tell you how good that James Franklin and this staff are at recruiting and Terry Smith was the primary recruiter for A-Rob here, that's just everything you need to know. James Franklin and Penn State, the institution, the football program, were able to beat out some of these other namely places and get a commitment from a kid who opted out of a scholarship. I'm not going to judge the decision. I just know that for some people, it's not easy to pay for a college education, and he's going to opt out of that or at least find a way to do it on his own. Uh, NIL is very significant in these cases now. You don't always need a scholarship to make ends meet. Now you have NIL, and maybe that was part of the discussion. Maybe they had the, the discussion that, hey, Penn State has the best opportunities in NIL. Robinson is a three-star JUCO prospect, uh, attending currently Butler Community College, but thanked Terry Smith in his announcement and said that he is going to walk on at Penn State. We've seen what Penn State has been able to accomplish with some of these JUCO transfers, especially in the secondary, most notably Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown. Jaquan Brisker became a second-round pick. Physical, loves to be around the football and make big hits. Jair Brown, not necessarily so much the big hitter, but the finesse guy that is really good in pass coverage. He led the nation in interceptions last year with six. He already has multiple turnovers, both fumbles and interceptions this season. Look what Penn State does with Juco prospects. doesn't matter how you start. It's about how you finish. And I think Robinson looked at that talked to Coach Smith and James Franklin and said, this might be the best avenue for me to go, even if there's not a scholarship available. So I'm very impressed with the recruiting effort, and I think this is another defensive back that could develop into a a nice football prospect for Penn State. Today's episode of Locked On Nittany Lions is sponsored by Nissan. Our partners at Nissan have worked with us to create a new segment across the Locked On College network titled Thrilling Moments where we highlight the most exciting play from the recent Penn State game or throughout the history of our alma mater. This week's thrilling moment from the Nittany Lions is when Nick Tarburton and Curtis Jacobs combined for a big turnover. Tarburton came off the edge and sacked Ryan Halinski in the Northwestern game, in the process forced a fumble, and Jacobs recovered it. Northwestern was threatening inside the Penn State 30 just before the end of the first half, and that defense ended up shutting them out and they were able to preserve that 14-0 lead for the moment. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com. This is Locked on Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. When we return, no weekly press conference for James Franklin this week. It is a bye week, so he gets that time off. But he had a post-game presser against Northwestern. Here are the most interesting quotes that stood out to me next. This is Locked on Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Zach Seiko. Thanks for joining me on another episode. And James Franklin taking the week off. It's a bye week. I don't blame him. Maybe he wants to keep away from the media. Who knows? No, all kidding aside... Uh, James Franklin did speak in his postgame presser, of course, to the media directly for about 15 minutes. Uh, there's no 30 to 45 minute presser this week, but there will be one next week for Michigan, Michigan and we'll get James Franklin's thoughts, of course. But aside from addressing what was already said about Devin Ford not being on the team anymore and stepping away from acad- stepping away because of academic reasons and then... Catron Allen being suspended for the entire first half. Now, James Franklin didn't specifically say Catron Allen was suspended, but he did admit, I'd prefer not to talk about either a injuries or disciplinary actions. Well, Catron Allen wasn't injured. He carried the ball 21 times in the second half, which was the same amount as Nicholas Singleton, who played a full game. So I have to admit it was probably the other one. So sometimes Coach Franklin will give answers without exactly answering the question. Nevertheless, I mean those were the big highlights from his postgame presser, but here were some other topics that he was asked about, especially with Michigan on the horizon. So the question goes given what you wanted to accomplish in the first five minutes, do you think this team is prepared for Michigan? And James Franklin said, I think we have done what we needed to up to this point. We're five and 0 I don't have the ability like you guys to see the scores. I don't know what happened at Michigan this week. I don't know what happened around the country. But winning is hard. It is hard week in and week out. I put examples up every Sunday of games that people are looking on the ticker and watching the highlights, and they're shocked. We've done what we needed to do up to this point to be 5-0, and and we have to get better. We're playing a really good Michigan team on the road. We have We haven't spent a whole lot of time on them yet. Obviously, I haven't watched them, so it's hard for me to say that. We're ready, but our objective is obviously to be ready. Come next Saturday, that's when we have to be ready, not today. There's a lot of work that goes into that. I have a ton of respect for them and their program, their organization, their coaching staff, but we have done what we needed to do up until this point. By being 5-0, and we've won a lot of different ways, and I think there's value in that. I'd love for them to be all pretty wins and sexy wins, but that's not the game we play. No, football is very ugly, and particularly Big Ten football. Is very ugly, so I'll give James Franklin a lot of credit for adding that in there at the end. Yeah, you would you would love Penn State to blow out every opponent that it beats, and it just goes back to what Franklin says all the time about being one and one and one and zero. Every game is a Super Bowl, and it and it should be. You don't want to look past an opponent. Sometimes conditions and everything else uh, can can do that to you subconsciously, and it goes back to my point from a couple previous episodes. There is no doubt in my mind that. Penn State was looking forward to Michigan and through Northwestern, and that's not anyone's fault. Now, it's your fault if you lose that game, obviously, but Penn State did not put its best effort against Northwestern, and that starts with game plan and then its execution. Why are you putting your best playbook together for a team like Northwestern? Exactly, you're not. Penn State is not going to use its best plays in a game against the Wildcats. Additionally, you are going to dial it back a little bit so that you are healthy going into the next game. It's just a subconscious thing. Nobody is going out there and saying, hey, I'm going to go 80% so I don't get hurt in this game. But you are definitely going to be a little more conscious of it because you know what lies ahead. And that's why you have these close results. Look at look at Georgia, for example. Why is the bona fide team, the number one team in the country, they're not anymore. It's actually Ohio State why is Georgia, who was number one, nearly lost to Missouri on the road? Now, how does a team like Georgia get into a close one with Missouri? And the same thing with Kent State. But they blew Oregon out of the water. They held Oregon to three points. And Oregon might be a top 10 team by the end of the season. You put your best game plan together. You give your best effort. You also get hyped up, too. I'm just being honest. It's tough to give the same amount of energy and effort when it's a clear day down at Jordan Hare stadium against Auburn, a team you never face and a team that you think is a really quality opponent. Now I know what Penn state did to Auburn, but you have to think about that going into that game. They probably saw Auburn as an even matchup. These teams know the spread. They know what the media is saying. They, they know what the expectations are going into this game. And yeah, it's just the fact of the matter. The effort level is going to be different in a rainy Big Ten game against a Northwestern team that you are expected to beat 99 times out of 100, maybe even 100 times out of 100 against an Auburn where it's back and forth and nobody really knows and they're from the SEC and we never play them and we're going into their building for the first time. There's just levels to it and that's the difference. They're 5-0. and Last year's team would not have won that Northwestern game. I can say that with assurance. Last year's team would not have been able to win that game. And the next quote that I think was important to address, the question from the media, as you go into the bye week here, just what are your first impressions on the areas uh, for growth you want to focus on this week, whether it be on the field or in the film room, finding areas for growth? What are some things that come to mind? James Franklin said, after tonight, the thing that jumps out to you is ball security. And that's ball security in the running game, especially on this night like this. What we call capping, where you take the extra hand over the ball. The decision making that we're not throwing the ball put the ball at risk. Those things are important. Doing a better job in short yardage situations. We worked really hard to get to short yardage situations. We got to do better of executing them. And then the same thing on the defensive side of the ball, not necessarily tonight, but third and long. We've done a pretty good job of getting the third and long situations that we've let people off the hook. We got to be better out there. Our PAT field goal protection in the middle. We've made subtle adjustments there with personnel and some techniques, and I thought that was better tonight. So we'll continue to build there. But there's a lot of areas we will look at ourselves. We'll do a cross the ball self scout and then obviously we'll also get a head start on our opponents, and that'll be the kind of blend this week and both weeks. So yes, it is a buy. It's a chance for Penn State to get healthy, it's a chance for Penn State to get rested, and probably right before the most important game of the season. Michigan, while they have it pretty easy against Indiana this week, I expect them to blow the Hoosiers out of the water. It is on the road, so they do have to travel, but Penn State gets that rest. And if you remember. And if you remember correctly, it's been a while, it's been six years, but back in 2016, Penn State had a bye week before which game? Number two, Ohio State, and how did that one turn out? I know that a blocked field goal helped that or else they weren't going to win, but sometimes you just need those magical plays to get things started, and they might take a magical play against Michigan, who knows? But my point is, the bye week is ultra important for Penn State to address those little things, whereas Michigan has another game to go through, and they're going to be pretty vanilla with their game plan against Indiana. Michigan might have a closer game than anticipated because they're probably not going to put it all out there against the Hoosiers when they expect to beat them 99 times out of 100. And Penn State is going to be in that chess match with Michigan of who can hide most of their playbook first. Ball security is huge. I don't expect it to be a rain out at Michigan, but you get those big mistakes out of the way early for Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen as freshmen. I don't think it's going to happen again, and it's something they're going to work on. Keevon Lee's a veteran, and it, it happened to everybody. It's not like it was one select player, so you just know that it was from the rain, and those conditions, they might be back at some point in time, but at least you know how real they can be in the Big Ten Conference. Yeah, five five turnovers after you only had one against Purdue and then three consecutive games with none. Just kind of <laughs> had it all out there against Northwestern. He brought up the third and long. I guess it was a little noticeable against Northwestern. They had some big plays on, on third and long, and, and that's what happens. You are going to be susceptible when you bring the blitz, when you rush guys, and, and I'm okay with that because it's worked. Penn State has forced 11 turnovers. In the last three games, it's been the difference. It's setting up the offense with short field. It's just giving another advantage to Penn State that they didn't exactly have last year. And I think the defense, with the same talent maybe under Manny Diaz, might have had the same type of influence. But that Penn State offense last year wasn't built to drive down the field 80-some yards. Uh, The defense was great at that bend-don't-break. They held a lot of teams to field goals but Penn State would still, the offense still had to go out there and finish long drives. And now with a better offensive group, the Penn State defense is helping out the offense by saying, hey, here's the football inside the opponent's 40, have at it. But yes, Auburn was able to convert some third and long. When it's third and 20, you're like, oh, Penn State's defense is coming off the field. Nope, not exactly. Uh, There were some plays like that against Northwestern, but not as many. And I think the conditions helped with that. It was definitely the conditions that that led to fewer third and long conversions for a Northwestern team. And James Franklin mentioned the PAT and kicking struggles that they've had. A lot of people blame Jake Pinnaker, and, and he's got to make those. He's the, he's the guy he's kicking the field goals, but it does start with the protection. And if guys are getting through, if guys are, are adjusting Jake Pinnaker's timing, if they're adjusting the, the flow of the play, He's probably going to miss more if he doesn't have that reassured protection. They were 3-for-3 on any sort of PAT and field goal kicks in that kind of weather, so they, they made the necessary adjustments. When something's going wrong and if a team is good like this one, they are going to make the adjustments and they're going to do it right, and that's good to see that Penn State is challenging themselves to highlight those issues and then get them right, turn the weaknesses into strengths or just something that an opponent can't use against them. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. I am your host Zach Seiko. When we come back here on Locked On Nittany Lines, Penn State Wrestling has its schedule. Finally, it only took till October. Normally, they release that back in early September. Uh, It is here the biggest dual meets for the Nittany Line Wrestling team and which athletes will be on the podium in the spring when they have the Big Ten and National Tournaments. It's Locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Locked on Nittany Lions. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I am your host, Zach Seiko. The Penn State wrestling schedule has been released, and Penn State is favored to win it all again as a team. They are expected to have five individuals on the podium as well. Number one to open the season and probably number one to finish. I'm not going to go through every single duel meet, but Penn State does start off the season in November 11th. It's a Friday at home in Rec Hall against Lock Haven. Sunday, November 20th, they go to the Black Knight Open hosted by Army in West Point, New York. I do have some tournaments and duel meets throughout December, Uh, most notably the collegiate wrestling duels where some of the best wrestlers get together. That's in New Orleans, Louisiana, and it's right before Christmas on December 19th and 20th. Then in January, after a little bit of a break, Penn State is on the road at Wisconsin. On the 20th of January, they host Michigan at the Bryce Jordan Center. And I think, at least from my memory, they are hosting two teams in the Bryce Jordan Center for the first time, or at least the first time in a while. One of those is Michigan on Friday, January 20th, and then Friday, January 27th against Iowa. And Iowa gets Spencer Lee back there. They're lightweight, insanely talented, probably one of the best lightweight wrestlers in collegiate history. I can honestly say that. And he comes from Pennsylvania. Uh, almost finished his high school career with a perfect record. He ended up losing in the final, strangely enough. I had one loss, and that was it. But they host Iowa and the BJC, and we know how good that Nittany Lion-Hawkeye wrestling rivalry is. In February... They face Ohio State, Indiana Rutgers, all back to back to back on the road. Then they welcome in Maryland and Clarion to finish the season February 19th. And then in March, that's when the big tournaments unfold. You have the Big Ten Championships beginning March 4th and 5th. And then the season wraps up with and then the season wraps up in Tulsa, Oklahoma at the BOK Center for the NCAA Championships. For Penn State. This is a favorable schedule because they are the best wrestling program in probably all of history behind Kale Sanderson. But aside from them being so dominant, this is actually pretty favorable. I would say the toughest stretch is just being on the road three times in a row like that in February. But you have Michigan and uh, Iowa in the Bryce Jordan Center, and both of those dual meets are at home. That is extremely favorable because Iowa and Michigan were in the top five last year. And Michigan did win the Big Ten team title. I could go on a rant, and I probably will when wrestling season rolls around, about how that was a bunch of bull. Michigan uh, out, outlasting Penn State in the standings as a team. It's an individual tournament, but the individual accomplishments go together for the wrestling team title. But that's very helpful for Penn State to host those two schools. Penn State is returning 2022 national champions Roman Bravo-Young, Carter Storaci, Aaron Brooks, and Max Dean, as well as All-American Greg Kirkvilliet. National qualifiers Robbie Howard, Bo Bartlett, and Joe Lee. And Penn State is coming off its ninth NCAA team championship in the last 11 tournaments, and they were 17-0 in dual meets in 2021 and 2022. I expect them to... Go undefeated again, especially with Iowa and Michigan coming here. If one of those were on the road, you can't you can't leave it up to chance necessarily. I'm confident in the Penn State team, but you just never know sometimes, especially since Iowa and Michigan are right there, like they're right behind you, and Penn State is fortunate to have them at home. But all those guys I named, they are going to be in contention for All-America Honors, Bravo Young, Starachi, Brooks, and Dean. I expect them to repeat as national champions. I also expect Greg Kirkfleet to either make the national title or win it. And just keep an eye on guys like Bo Bartlett to really make a run this year. He's now in his third year. He's a veteran with the program. Uh, Alex Facundo is a really intriguing prospect for Penn State Wrestling. If he can make his way in at one, maybe 157 or 165, wherever they decide to slot him in, if Facundo can get out there and be one of the starters out of those, uh, it's a short lineup. It's only 10 spots. But Facundo is a guy to keep an eye on for Penn State. That's a lot of names. You could realistically have up to 10 All-Americans. Schools are just fighting to get one or two on the podium. And Penn State has the luxury of getting 10. That's something to talk about as the winter goes along and Penn State football eventually finishes up the regular season. Wrestling and men's basketball will be in full swing and we'll be able to have conversations about all three. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen. Locked On Big Ten. My name is Zach Sako. Thanks so much for joining me on another episode of Locked On Nittany Lions.